The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Okay, take 25 of the Capital Weekly Broadcast. It's John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest is Stefano Maviglio, or Steve Maviglio. Grazie. Political consultant, strategist extraordinaire, has worked for any number of important Democratic folks and probably others that we don't know about. Uh, But we want to talk to you today for a couple reasons. One... Uh, you know a lot about New Hampshire politics, and New Hampshire, the primary is coming up here. We want to ask you about that. And two, if you have any thoughts about the debacle in Iowa, uh, any any thoughts about that would be welcome, too. So, Steve, thanks for coming. You're welcome. So we're looking now at New Hampshire. We think Pete Buttigieg has won in Iowa. It looks like he has, narrowly. And Bernie Sanders is right on his heels, and they're all in New Hampshire right now. So what can we expect out of New Hampshire? Yeah, and what is, weather? what is the New Hampshire primary like? What? Well, it's actually a primary as opposed to a caucus. You actually go into a polling booth, and you mark a ballot, and you walk out. You don't. Your friends don't see who you're voting for. No other campaigns can steal your vote. To get you if you're not viable. None of that exists. This is like a real live election. Do, do they have like to. voting centers? Do they have no neighborhood precincts? Where yeah, I, you the know bench, your neighbors. You know, and, yeah, there's not many cities in New Hampshire. There's yeah. like three big ones uh, that have precincts, so to speak. But yeah. a lot of these are small towns. Where well, what is it? Piker's Notch or something like that? They Dixville always Notch. Dixville Notch. Yeah, that's the first. Uh, Only Piker's Notch. <laughs> Piker's Notch. No. <laughs> Disqualified from New Hampshire residency. <laughs> no, but a lot of the places are like the town hall where I lived in a town of about 2,000 people, and it was a, literally a one room town hall where everybody marched in and marched out, and you saw your neighbors, and they all you didn't have to say who your name was when you walked in because they knew who you were. And uh, that was that. But it was a secret ballot? Yeah, secret ballot. Mm-hmm. And how many people vote? In the, I mean, how many voters are there overall in New Hampshire? Well, the population is about a million and a half now. I think the voter turnout tends to be like low 60s on a good year. Although Iowa, that's the biggest news was the disappointment in the turnout there. It was the not the levels of uh, Obama. It was more the it was the Hillary. not it was more Hillary turnout level. So it's kind of interesting uh, to see the enthusiasm. But from all know. we've heard about New Hampshire, we always concentrated on you know at this time in the election cycle. I would have expected that turnout to be maybe in the 70s or 80s or even higher. We've had a few of those in California, not many, but with few. Yeah. Um, so in the 60s, kind of lower than I would have thought. Is, yeah, you know, yeah, 60s, 70s, it depends on the level of excitement and yeah. you know what's going on now. It's interesting because there's no Republican primary to speak of this year. When both sides are engaged, you know, it gets higher. Yeah. Independents can vote in New Hampshire if they take a Democratic ballot, for example. You could literally go in as an independent. Yeah vote and say, I want to vote as a Democrat, and then you walk out and say, eh, I'm going to change back to an independent. So that can all happen. I saw some of the polls going in. I was just looking at them before we sat down. Uh, Sanders looked to have a pretty good edge. There was one poll, St. Anselm? St. Anselm College, yeah. Uh, It looked like Buttigieg and Sanders were neck and neck or close. Uh, It looks like this is Sanders' backyard. So going into it, I'm wondering, does he do better because people know him, or does he do worse because people know him? Well, it literally is his backyard. I mean, it's a bordering state, and uh, one of the population centers where Dartmouth College is, is yeah. medium-level town. But again, it's a college, so he'll win overwhelmingly there on the natural. Um, there's another city called Keene that's in the corner between Vermont and Massachusetts. 
uh, very liberal, he'll do well there. Um, but there's because the state is it's large geographically, yeah. um, but it's small population wise. Um, for so many years, most of the population were emigrees from Massachusetts who are anti-tax, and they move over the border because New Hampshire has no sales tax, no income tax. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Um, property taxes are high, and but they make most of the money through the sales of liquor. Uh, the state owns all the liquor stores, and do they sell a lot of liquor in New Hampshire. They do. They do. It's mostly. People literally drive up to get their liquor and turn around and go home. They see a, a lot of UFOs too, because I think Kane, New Hampshire, was where the one of the famous UFO sightings was in like nineteen forty eight or forty seven. Really, I don't know. I always think it was New Mexico, Roswell, but maybe <laughs> knew yeah. something. So, what what is the overall electorate like in New Hampshire? Um, predictably white, older. Uh, it's a little different from. Uh, Iowa, and there's not much agricultural farming per se, but it's a rural economy. The southern part, where most of the population is, it's a lot of tech people coming over from north of Boston, where there's a lot of tech industries, there's a lot of hospitality industries, there's still some vestiges of manufacturing uh, here and there. And a lot of service industry and tourism industry. So those are the major sectors. But it's, it's changed in the last 10, 15 years um, a lot. Uh, it's gotten a little more diverse, but you know the African American population is still like almost negligible at three or four percent. There's some more Latino influx from Boston, but still negligible two, three, four percent. So, does the impact of what happened in uh, Iowa have a? Does that have an? Does that what happened in Iowa? Does that have an impact on New Hampshire voters? Are looking to Iowa saying, "Well, this is what happened there. I may change my view of Pete Buttigieg or." Sanders or Elizabeth to some Warren. degree, I mean, as Iowa voters are, New Hampshire voters are fiercely defensive of their primary and yeah. wanting to see somebody literally three, four times. And you know, it's sort of a, a running joke, and it's true though, because you can stand on a street corner in Concord, New Hampshire, the capital, this week, and if you stood there every day, you'd see probably every candidate probably more than once. Yeah, it's incredible. Good friend of mine grew up in New Hampshire, and when. She uh, she came out here and eventually went to Stanford and became a journalist. And she said she was quite surprised when she discovered that presidential candidates didn't come to every high school. She's like, oh, I saw every presidential candidate give a speech at my high school auditorium every four years. This was That's just how it was. Yeah. And she was really shocked that that's not how every American experienced an election. Yeah, and the, the media's a little different too because the, the most of the big population centers sit on the Massachusetts border, which is Boston TV, which is pretty expensive compared to New Hampshire TV. We have one station in the state that's mm-hmm. in Manchester. And um, Manchester is, uh, most of the people are French-Canadian background, which is not your typical ethnic group. You don't mm-hmm. hear much about the Franco-Americans and, and here at Sacramento, for example. Yeah. Uh, tend to be more conservative Democrats, tend to be an older crowd. Um, and then there's some suburban tech people that have moved in, but it's still, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting blend of people and mm-hmm. nothing like we see here. When you're doing campaigns, they're like, in California, you do a lot of TV, a lot of digital media, I would think. Uh, mailers, I guess, but there's a lot of broadcast emphasis on broadcast. In New Hampshire, is that the same? Are you doing more direct mail? Is it more retail? It's a mix. There's a lot more retail than we see here. Like almost every yard has a yard sign, in it, you know, with a candidate's name. And yeah. It's like you can't go down the street without seeing, you know, a whole street covered. Um, and there's a lot of con- you know contact. I mean, everybody. There's so few, especially Democrats. Um, that that you know who they are, you know who they vote, you look at their voting history, it's the same people, the same people go to 10 events, and, you know, there's a lot of influence leaders, but, you know, people take this very seriously, like they do in Iowa. So. 
Mm-hmm. What is the uh, partisan breakdown there, Democrat, Republican, independent? You know, it's kind of a purpley state. Uh, it went narrowly for uh, Hillary over Trump last time, but you know, not a lot. The legislature flip-flops between uh, Democratic and legislative control. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very unique. I had been in the legislature for six years when I was 26 years old. Uh, there's 400 members of the assembly. Whoa! 24 in the Senate. So if you really want to kill a bill, you just need to talk to 12 people. Wait, 424? <laughs> yeah. That seems like a disparity or something. There is a disparity, but, you know, for the large part, as I mentioned, I was 26 when I said the median age is 62. You get paid $100 a year. It's in the Constitution. That's how much you get. Wow. And you get gas mileage to and from your home. It is part-time, I'm assuming? Yeah, they meet from January through the end of June, typically. And typically, it's, you know, because nobody who has a real job can be there part-time, but full-time, essentially three days a week for all those months, you get a lot of real estate agents, very few attorneys, handful of them, because um, it's not worth their while. What was your, what was your election like when you, when you got elected? I mean, how big was your district? The state is relatively small, and you got 400 in the lower house. Yeah. It seemed like probably a few family members and some neighbors, and you got it. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, funny you mention that. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I represented a district in the Lakes Region state, which is sort of smack in the middle. I think I had about 60,000 constituents, three different towns. Wow. Um, I was the first Democrat elected in, I think they said, 110 years or something crazy. And the wow. secret of my success. <laughs> Uh-oh, here it comes. Listen up, everybody. <laughs> yes, aspiring New Hampshire candidates. Um, in our communities, we didn't have garbage pickup you literally had to take your garbage somewhere yeah the town dump so guess where i went where everybody came saturday the town dump <laughs> so i'd sit there helping people empty their garbage and handing them one of my postcards i spent six hundred dollars on my campaign on printed postcards that i gave to them with the slogan more cows less condos because we were <laughs> we had some development issues going on i'd have voted for you in a heartbeat i know right and there i won wait and so you just lost senator weiner he's just he's not endorsing you <laughs> So, okay, I don't think he fared too well in that community. Wow. So, well, well, so how many then. votes did you actually end up getting? You know, something like, I have to think back, I think like, you know, something like 2,500 or something like uh, that. So about a third as many as Mayor Pete got in his Yeah, something election. like okay. that. It was a little slightly below South Bend population levels. But I remember, I'll never forget because friends and family, my mom manned one of the polling booths, my girlfriend manned the other one, and I manned the third. And the first town came in, it was three to one Republican registration. Wait, you're a candidate. I'm the candidate. Yeah, I'm there, right out front. (laughs) I vote for me. And uh, the first town came in, and I lost by nine votes, the town where I was three to one registration. And (laughs) (laughs) I told the person I was working with, oh my God, you're going to win. I was like, (laughs) go. This is where it was like Soviet style elections. The half the ballot had no Democrats for any office whatsoever. It was just Republicans. Oh, wow. yeah. And you could also vote straight ticket at the time there. So what did that mean, a straight one ticket? One mark at the top, and you get to vote for all the Republicans oh, like a on slate. the side. Oh, so like a complete slate, which a lot of people wow. did. I think they outlawed that once the Democrats got back in control. But wow. yeah, so interesting. But it is a purple state. I mean, the congressional district, uh, are, there's two only, and they're both uh, Democrats right now. Um, there was until last year, the entire U.S. Senate and House delegation were all women, which was kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that both parties always have their eye on because it can go either way. And it's up front. It's front loaded. I mean, February 11th, 
Uh, so a lot of the media attention is on it. it. Is every election there's a lot of media attention on it's the first prime. Yeah, hey, listen, so. it's a cottage industry. I mean, Bernie's people uh, have never left. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, for I, I don't even know what Iowa's economy must make. What two hundred, three hundred million dollars a year, or not a year, but a, a cycle out of just the election. And I got to think it's somewhat similar with New Hampshire. They have to get this huge influx of money just you because know, you're of right. This. You're right because there was a story I remember last presidential election in 2016 talking about the revenue that was coming in to New Hampshire. It was either TV station or radio station. WMUR is like the station. Yeah. New Hampshire. And it was a big deal. This was a huge piece of their revenue. I think they got to charge candidates maximum, at least out here I always hear that. Is that how that works? They charge, or is it ballot props you get to charge the maximum? And Yeah. yeah. Candidates have to charge the minimum. The minimum, okay. Yeah. Guess who put that law in the place? (laughs) (laughs) So... So. um, but looking at Iowa, going into New Hampshire, does Pete Buttigieg look strong? Look strong in Iowa, obviously. So he's got something of a bump. Sanders has always been pretty, I think, dominant at least as far as the polls go. But so if you look at him going into Iowa with what you see from him so far, does he have a shot? Yeah, I think so. He built an organization there early on. You know, typically what happens is people get winnowed out out of Iowa already. No, nobody's dropped out. Everybody is all in here. You know, uh, we're looking at the percentages that are just come in from Iowa later this afternoon here. And, you know, people are getting double digits. Amy Klobuchar, she on the Natch might have dumped out of Iowa because she got no delegates and put almost all her research there was from the next state. Now she's still in it. Yang's still in it. Like all these people you would expect to have dropped out. No sign of going anywhere. So if they go to the convention, we've been talking about this almost every day for the last six months, I guess, but if these candidates prevail or they stay in the race until convention time and they can each demonstrate a certain amount of support, what kind of convention? We can have a contested, brokered, negotiated convention. How would that play out, do you think? It'll be a mess, I think. I mean, it's going to depend what happens. I think largely California actually will have a role in all this because um, if it turns out that Bernie wins New Hampshire, which I think most people expect him to do or, or close to it, uh, I guess he's got to be slightly disappointed out of Iowa. Um, but if he falters in South Carolina and there's still like three or four people um, floundering around, including the vice president, uh, will there be an uh, the, like thinking last week was oh everybody's going to consolidate and be anti Bernie the establishment will gang up against Bernie but I don't know if that's going to happen you know, because there's still too many people in it. the money will start to dry up soon though. they're Democrats yeah. they're not oh. that organized <laughs> no it's cat herding you know as always but it, it'll be really interesting to see people cobble out of New Hampshire and are able yeah. to compete in South Carolina because that's like the and Nevada because those are the two you know walls of support I mean you know, if Biden doesn't do well in South Carolina goodbye that's done Bloomberg is not on the ballot in New Hampshire is he I don't know if I don't think he's there he's not competing there yeah. so to speak I don't he, even they just said that California is their Iowa so I think that's the first time we'll see it if you're a delegate and you go to a convention uh, how long are you pledged to go with your candidate, is there first ballot and then a second ballot and go where you want, or third ballot you go where you want? You know, it depends because candidates can release their delegates. Like, for example, when I was a, a delegate for Clinton and Obama back in that year, I uh-huh. was pledged to Hillary. And I told people I'm voting for Hillary no matter what happens. But at the eve, when it was inevitable that he was going to win, she released their delegates. So people like that. Karen Skelton, who I was a delegate with, she voted eventually for Obama. I still voted for Hillary. Uh-huh. Okay. So, and that was your if she hadn't released that. I mean, if you had a different political sense at the convention, what was going to happen? 
I, I think, you know, I haven't checked the rules, but I think anybody, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, if you're, okay. you're elected delegate. So, um, is there a chance the convention could actually have a lock of some sort or it gets delayed or goes beyond the four or five days or we have 20 or 30 votes? I think it was 24. There was 50 votes or something in Chicago. They finally came up with whoever they came up with in 24. Um, I don't even remember now. But Adam Schiff for president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there, hey. well, actually, is there a breaker? Is there a tiebreaker out there? Is it Bloomberg? You know, or is maybe. It, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's Bloomberg. There's enough. You know, you've got to remember this is a Democratic Party, and he's uh, yeah. a Republican. Uh, I don't see him being a consensus candidate because yeah. mm-hmm. he has a lot of money. But, I mean, honestly, somebody like Adam Schiff, it is possible, you know, mm-hmm. if there is this Boy, ugly that would convention. Be, that would be a new story. Yeah. The guy that didn't run. What? So looking at California now, March 3rd, um, you see anything out there now? That we, we can talk about California, what you think might happen. Any expectations about how California Well, I, th- I got my first Tom Sawyer mail piece yesterday. Which is kind of interesting since I work for the guy once upon a time. I think I know who you are. But it shows he's, you know, put money in the mail early on. Bloomberg seems to be all on TV right now, but he's going yeah. to open a bunch of offices. He's hired some good staff, and they're going to make a strong go on it here. And I think he has possibility of winning if there's still confusion and among the ranks and file and the, the low information voters in particular. Uh, might see who's on TV and like this guy. I, uh-huh. You know, he's what, 10, 12% already here? Um, so it's doable. Yeah, it was at three and four, and then six, I think we saw. Yeah. Just few, okay. Like, listen, Tom Steyer's at 14 in South Carolina because he's been bombing he's the He's second, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. Um, and, and, like in New Hampshire, though, in Iowa, you really get to know. I mean, people can tell you the positions on candidates, which by the time they get here, you really don't have that it's more horse racing so that's why you know that's why for all the criticism they get for being too white and too rural and all the stuff i mean people really do their homework there's not a lot of low information voters so here's a question for you so the conventional wisdom among the cognoscenti whatever is that people are going to be voting for their position. So they're, you know, the Warren voter and the Sanders voter are going to be really similar and maybe the Bloomberg and the Buttigieg and Biden voter, Klobuchar voters, they would be more similar. My experience just with the people I know is that it's much more personality driven and much less, I mean, there are people who are very strategic in their voting about the positions that each candidate takes. But by and large, it seems like most of the people I know who are not political obsessives, they actually vote much more on personality. Is that? Is uh, yeah. there any logic there? Yeah, there? I mean, come I mean, You know, if you really put it all on paper, there's like shades of gray difference among these candidates. You know, okay, Bernie's the most extreme, but listen, everybody's talking about health care for all. Everybody's talking about income. They're all talking about the same thing. It's just different paths getting there. So you know, it's not like, oh, I'm so anti-gun that I have to vote for this candidate, they're, they're all good on that. So, and if you tick-tock the top five issues, healthcare is probably the one there's the most difference. But, you know, really, at the end of the day, none of this stuff is going to get through the U.S. Senate unless we get 52, 60 votes, whatever, 60 votes for break a filibuster. So, you know, they can talk, big talk, but reality, if one of these people get in there, and hopefully they will, um, what they actually are able to pass is not going to be nothing like what they're talking about. So why don't we get the best candidate to beat Trump. That's my sort of mantra. Well, most Californians will never meet the candidates or see them no. in person like you might see in New Hampshire or Iowa. So 
And it's not that great, by the way, when you see them. <laughs> so, they, might, they might lose votes. Yeah. So, uh, so going on TV, it seems to me TV is so critical out here. So if you can't get on TV out here enough, can you even compete with somebody like a Bloomberg or a Steyer who have had gazillions of dollars and blow them on Yeah, I mean, it'll be a momentum play, I think, for the large part. It's yeah. a Bernie, you know, Bernie's campaign, once again, is investing in a ground game. Uh, they mm-hmm. have opened offices throughout the state. They knock on doors. Like the California Nurses Association knocked on doors for two years under their name to get names of people who support health care for all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they handed over that list. So, I mean, they're also doing some uh, serious Latino outreach here in California. Yeah. So, you know, they have a little different tilt on things, but yeah, I mean, the name of the game is getting on TV. Well, a lot of the candidates, they seem to do well with younger people, but Bernie, the old crotchety FUD, seems to be doing really well with younger people. What's that about? Yeah, go figure. I, you know, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a revolutionary, I think. I do think, you know, the, his positions really resonate. I, I think that there, these yeah. are people who have grown up watching the economy collapse. They don't have a lot of faith in capitalism because of what happened in 2007. And somebody saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to punish the bankers. We're going to punish the people that, that caused this. We're going to get everyone health care. We're going to have... Yeah, you get free health care. You get free education. Yeah. You get a free car. I mean, what's... I mean, that, that's going to appeal to young people. <laughs> John, it's a Yugo. It's a Yugo, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, how many, how many, you know, I went to college. I don't think I knew about what it took to get a bill through the United States yeah. Senate. Uh-huh. I had no idea. It took 60 votes and, you know, I thought I could say this and it might come true. And so, you know, but I think you're right about the personality. I mean, look at Trump when he ran. Yeah. Nobody knew what he stood for. He didn't stand for anything, but he still won. It was a pure personality play. What do voters, what do you see as their preferences and a personality? Is there any perfect presidential candidate out there, you know, who, a certain age, certain demographic, certain appearance? I don't know. Who would the perfect candidate be if it was a robot you could make? <laughs> yeah, you can chisel somebody out. I, you know, I, it, there's so many different factors that play in that now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just want a, you know, a woman to run, period. They won't vote for anybody else. Like I saw somebody who was a member of the state Democratic Committee, heads of the Environmental Caucus, tweeted the other day, hashtag, no old white man. I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely, you know, we take people a bad rap, that. You know? Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> We're not old, John. <laughs> We're distinguished. Yeah. I do feel like uh, the thing that resonates with with most voters is someone that seems authentic, seems being the important right. term. I think certainly... That's the Bernie. Yeah, it's Bernie. I think it was, I think Obama had that, you know, in going up and down. And I think the people that liked Trump really thought that he was who he was and he wasn't being told what to do, which I think is true because I don't think he listens to anybody. Yeah, right. So I think the authenticity or perceived yeah, authenticity I, is I huge. would agree with that. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, Bernie still has that in this race, but I don't know if there's anyone else that comes across that way anyway, at least on the Democratic side no, in the same I way. No, Mayor Pete a little bit because he's young. People sorry, always think like John Kennedy was kind of thing. And Biden is, hey, he was a nice guy. He was Obama, so we can trust him. You know, Warren's like, Ernest, I have a plan. Um, you know, so everybody has their little shtick. It's just, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm speaking as an uncommitted Democrat here. I just mm-hmm. want somebody who can beat Trump, and mm-hmm. we'll figure out who's best to do that. You know, could it be Bloomberg? Possible. I love his ad so far. He's the only person actually running against Trump right now. 
which is great and nice if you have a couple billion to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, philosophically, he was a Republican. You know, mm-hmm. he supported mm-hmm. Republican candidates over Democratic candidates and with a big win. in 2016, right? Yeah, just like around the corner yesterday, you know. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, Hardcore Democrats at a convention I do not see going to him because of that well, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one, I, I was really surprised. I had forgotten about this, but that he actually went to the Republican convention in 2004 and endorsed George Bush over Kerry. And I thought, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, that's <laughs> – if you're, you know, a really committed Dem, I, I think that's going to be a hard one to get over. Yeah. What about uh, what about Biden, who's been the front runner, at least on the national polls for so long, did not do well in Iowa? Uh, Speaking kindly, yeah. What's what's the outlook for for Joe? I mean, he he needs to be at least number two in New Hampshire. Or otherwise, people are going to say, "Well, sorry, I can't give you any more money." You know, mm-hmm. the people that want somebody other than Bernie are looking for people now. Mayor Pete wins two contests in a row. You know, it's hard to stop that. Although he has zero connection, apparently, with black voters in South Carolina, despite mm-hmm. what he's trying to do, doesn't have much of a Nevada operation. Um, well, that's Bar- coming up here quickly. Yeah, too, yeah, and Biden Biden apparently is stronger there because uh, – and in South Carolina. So Bernie's very strong in Nevada too. So I don't know. It, you know, this is a very interesting year. Very interesting. Nevada's a big union uh, on the Democratic side. Uh, Culinary workers have a lot to say about yeah. things because it's a big So any thoughts about Nevada? Nevada? That's coming right up here now. Yeah, I think they actually might have endorsed Bernie already. Uh-huh. Okay. Might be wrong about that, but I think they did. So he has a good ground game in California. Anywhere else in the West, uh, Bernie is on the West Coast, maybe Oregon, Washington. Is he up and running? Yeah, around? I mean, the you know his cult has offices in all, on just about everywhere because yeah. they, you know, that's the good thing about having a campaign before. It's still the operations, your mailing list, your emails are all still there. So you can build on that. Everybody else is starting from scratch with, like, Mayor Pete, zero name recognition, right? Against Biden, who's been a vice president. And even when he had name recognition... You couldn't pronounce Buddha Yeah, exactly. That's part of your shtick, right? Yeah. So we can say Pete, but Yeah, Mayor Pete. Yeah. <laughs> what um uh in California, looking at California, uh what happens in the general election, assuming the Demo- whoever the Democratic candidate is presumably wins California, but there's some ballot props out there. There's some state issues that are gonna come up. I guess rent control is just qualified. Um, full disclosure, I'm working on that no campaign again. Oh, okay. Proudly. Okay, so you can talk about it. Okay. I can talk about it a lot. <laughs> okay. A very unbiased opinion, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, but speaking generally, uh, do you see ballot props out there doing what Democrats hope they'll do, which is basically bring a big turnout and get approved? Is that, yeah. no, I think it's the other way around. That people put stuff on the ballot this year because they thought people were going to turn out against yeah. Trump. Um, and a lot of people didn't put stuff on this year because they thought people were going to turn out against Trump. Yeah. Some of the business groups have hardly anything on the ballot except for a split roll, which uh-huh. they didn't want to see on the ballot. And even a lot of union people didn't want to see on the ballot because they thought that would bring out more Republicans. And that, I know that was rewritten. Is that back on the ballot? So it's on the ballot It looks now. like unless they make a deal, we'll see. Yeah, okay. And what is that? What's the current prop look like? What would it do? It would uh, tax commercial properties. Um, at their assessed levels as opposed to now, which they're under a limited, like a home, you can't go up a certain percentage a year. And where in that do apartment buildings, do they count as commercial or are they exempted? I thought last time they were exempted. I think they're exempted. Well, Steve Maviglio, thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. I have about 15 other questions, but we'll save them for next time. 
We'll get you back here after the New Hampshire primary so you can expel, explain to us what happened. Yeah, you well, can probably talk to about the actual individual voters and talk about each one and how they voted. <laughs> and family histories. You know, exactly. Yeah. Steve, thank you very much. You're welcome. Tim Foster, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, This is John Howard, and we will see you next time around. Thank you.